Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by our guest, Brendan, who is a friend of the show. Brendan, welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Good to have you. We had a lot, a lot going on, man. I'm trying to remember when we were last podcasting. It's, you know, we usually take our little breaks during the summer. We're all uh, busy. We have stuff to do. So. It's certainly not because Stephen moved this podcast like five times because he <laughs> hadn't finished the book yet. Hey, hey, I wasn't going to say anything. I know, but I figure I have to out myself because it's usually my fault. That's well, okay. Well, it's but, the summer. Uh, we're we're enjoying the summer. You know, you actually, Stephen, I think you just ooh. knew that there would be some big news today. It's true. So uh, you, you just moved it back until we had some big news to talk about. Hang on. Before we get... We That's have, a good point, though. No one knows what we're talking about yet, William. <laughs> today... Okay, but, we're, but we're getting there. We're getting oh, wait there. a minute. We're... We're discussing, in my opinion, the best novel of the new canon, Thrawn Treason. Whoa, high praise. Well, now, wait a minute. It's wow. one, one of the three best novels of the new canon. Uh, I, I mean, it. so I know you guys include Lost Stars. The first and second Thrawn books were pretty good as well. What else are you including in your list, Tom? I Well, I can't say the one that I, I also now recently enjoy because it's not... It's going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, let me see. I I enjoyed the Kane and Hera novel. I thought that was good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, and I'll I'll be the first to admit, and you'll hear it throughout this entire episode. I Thrawn Treason was like written for me, is what I feel like. <laughs> Interesting. Like okay. everything oh, yeah. I want out of a, a Star Wars book, this had. So I am very excited. But yes, William. First, before we get to all of that stuff. Uh, we had a little bit of a trailer come out today. You want to talk about it? Big, big, big news, actually. Um, st- we got their tra- not their full trailer for season two of Star Wars Resistance, which will premiere on October sixth, and we'll actually give you a, a, a we'll play the trailer in just a moment. But uh, before we do that, there's some uh, even bigger news that dropped as part of this trailer. Not the release date, not the trailer itself, but this will actually be the final season. That surprised the resistance. heck out of me when I saw that. Okay, I thought I was just out of the loop when I saw that. Yeah, I thought I'd missed something. N- no, yeah. that that just dropped this morning as we're recording this. Oh, I don't feel so bad. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big news. I'm not too surprised. What do you guys think? I okay. I, I, my biggest thing was where are they going to go with the story after this season? that's the biggest thing yeah yeah, yeah i mean I, yeah steven no, I, was gonna say, I they're kind of running out of space of story to tell i think and very much i uh i expect we're gonna get maybe an announcement of a new show like we we're kind of spinning up the disney plus you know mandalorian cassian andor series like i think that's going to be kind of the new future home for star wars uh television yep and so i i think it's just Almost a matter of time, you know. They've they told their interim story that they needed to do, but they're like, "Oh, we don't quite have the new service ready to go yet." Yeah. But now that that's ready, I think we're just going to transition everything to there. And and honestly, for 
<clears throat> for a while we've talked about how we've speculated that this might be a you know one or two season show uh, mm-hmm. not because of the quality or the ratings but just because of as you said the the time period it's in what yeah, they're trying the to timeline. go for you know season season one we talked about this at length but it, it was very slow going at first and then it quickly quickly ramped up speed and by the end of the season it was really pretty good um you know despite all the 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 criticisms early on um and and we got a chance to see the season to premiere which will air on october 6th we got a chance to see that at celebration it was really good as well but uh yeah i mean i think It'll be very interesting to see how they close things out. I'm not surprised that it's only two seasons, and I I would not be shocked if we get another TV show, an animated series, either next fall or the one after that. Um, with Resistance, it came out immediately after you know Rebels ended in, in March. Resistance aired in October. Um, maybe we'll get a break uh, next year because Filoni's been working on The Mandalorian, uh, a lot, but you know, like this show, Dave Filoni was not involved in at all, mm. and so I would not be surprised if Filoni's next show, the you know, hopefully the one about Ahsoka and Sabine going off in search of Ezra and Thrawn, maybe yep. nice tie-in to Thrawn treason. Um, I would not be surprised so, if we get that. Yeah, Although we are and, getting and, and Clone some, Wars as well next year, right? And and something with with this Thrawn book that we're going to be talking about, it's like it's well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for when we get into the 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 show because love the book. It is interesting that this is only going to go two seasons. I am going to find it fascinating what is going to be in the next one. Yes, I agree. It does make sense to do the Ahsoka or um, the Ahsoka. Um, why am I blanking on my dog Sabine. named Sabine? I'm blanking on Sabine, yeah. but <laughs> I, I just. What other story can they tell within this universe? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the problem is they were always, they were never the main resistance. It, 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 the, the series is kind of misnamed, I think, unfortunately, yes. because it's not really about the resistance. It's about a small resistance cell. And I guess you could have made that argument about rebels as well. Uh, but this one's even more so, you know, this is a small little group. It's one, one spy for the resistance. I feel like it might've been mm-hmm. better branded like star Wars racer spy. It's a terrible branding. Don't, don't go with that, but you know, <laughs> but, but you get it, the idea. Yeah, like why William doesn't name things. Um, but it's, a, but what you're saying, William is actually closer to what the series was, because I think the main thing for me, we were talking about how, yes, it was all slow to the beginning, but there was a certain point in which the show changed. And that was when the first order came in and stopped racing on right. the platform. At that point, the series changed. It wasn't about racing anymore. Why Why it was promoted that way, eh, it was kind of weak. So it was the second half of the show that really the show caught its stride. Yeah. And I do agree that it was more about a small band of resistance. You would almost think that this would be better fitted for a title of Rebels than Rebels itself. Because that actually was more of a Rebel cell within an actual resistance. Yeah. This was just a little rebel cell. Yeah, and I think unfortunately because of that, because the show, I mean, the the, the crew said they intentionally skewed younger, and it's got it got better yeah. and better as the season went on. But because they intentionally skewed it younger, uh, I think because of you know the the fact that it doesn't include any major characters, which is not a big problem. I could actually like how they have different characters. 
but I think it made it harder for the show to find an audience. Um, and the way it was like the early promotions, the early trailers were much, much younger skewing. Uh, it made it harder to find an audience. Now I don't think my theory is I, I would love to know for sure. I'd love to talk to Dave Filoni and see, or, or, you know, Justin Ridge, was this the planned ending for the series? So I think so. But what do you think? We should, we should talk about this when we get into Thrawn as well. I, I bet you that we're going to get some, uh, start seeing some seeded elements for that future animated series. I suspect we're seeing pieces of it in Thrawn. And if, you know, imagine for a moment, you know, Dave was probably involved in Mandalorian a lot of this year, but it's still Mm -hmm. time to be uh, working on concepts or, you know, start writing scripts or things like that. Like, I I think a lot of what we're going to see over the next year is going to have little tidbits that will eventually lead into that. Yeah. That's my so I I would be watching for that in season two of Resistance and and the rumor although we don't like to spread rumors I have read somewhere that they do want to make Ahsoka a major player going forward so that's great yeah, yeah that's only a good thing yeah I'm on board yeah Br- Brendan um, did you get a chance to watch Resistance at all no I haven't seen the first season I saw the trailer okay. uh, and I I've seen bits and pieces here and there but I've been too busy unfortunately I know lame excuse No no I no. I think this it's a common thing amongst a lot of fans who really wanted to see it but it it, it didn't really have that hook to to kind of get people to go do it right now you know um and, I mean the same can be said for Clone Wars and 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 Rebels as well but mm. Um, I, I don't I know. I, I felt Wars bad. Had a better that, hook. Yeah, I think that's seems yeah. exactly. And I, I, I think Resistance is actually they've done a good job, especially in the second half of the season. Right. Season two just looks to be like it's going to be outstanding. I mean, um, but I just feel like they they didn't get the hook early enough, and I do think mm-hmm. it's a planned ending though. I don't think they canceled it early. Um, I, I, I know they were working on season two all the way back in summer of 2017 is when they started uh, work on it. And it sounds to me like they're going to be able to wrap it up in a satisfying way, the way they wanted to do it. I just think it was always intended to be a short-term series. Almost yeah, like well, given the time gap. frame, they kind of have to have. It was it was always going to be short, like you said. Like there was no way that this was going to be some fifteen-season epic series, right? right. But right. I personally was expecting three seasons, even from what little I've seen of it. Yeah. So when the when the trailer announced the end, I was I was a bit shocked, but we'll yeah. see what they can do. Yeah, well, we will see. But I'm very excited. Looks great. And if you watch the trailer, a uh, lot of new locations, which is nice, given that season one was a little more self-contained. Um, we get uh, some B2 battle droids, uh, Sidon Ithano, the Crimson Corsair. It's pretty cool. Um, any of you who've seen the, the classic uh, Kylo Ren SNL skit, Matt the Radar Tech, uh, the Matt the Radar Tech costume can be seen in the trailers. We're going to see some Radar Techs. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, it should be a great, uh, and, and obviously like, I don't want to, um, I'll actually hold off on describing it too much just so that we don't uh, spoil Brendan. But uh, they seem to be building on a lot of the plot points from mm-hmm. uh, earlier in season one, which is really exciting. Uh, we're also going to get some new characters, including Axe Tagrin, played by Joe uh, Mangiello, um, Norath Kev, played by David Diggs, and the Aeosian Queen, played by Lucy Lawless. And Matthew Wood will also voice Kylo Ren. So stay tuned October 6th 
and it, it it sounds to me like it's gonna be a full season too, uh, which is good. So the full good. Full 22 episodes. Give them plenty of time to wrap up the show in a nice way. Or 21 episodes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, Brendan, if you haven't seen, since you haven't seen Resistance, you may be happy to know that the entire first season comes out on DVD on August 20th. That's just one week away. Uh, they announced this uh, just a little while ago. It'll include 21 action-packed episodes, according to the official description. Um, four audio... Sorry. Are there? Will they ever say there's not an action-packed episode? Is that Actually, a I mean, let's be honest. Just a, there's just a couple a that weren't super action-packed. Yeah, it's like, yeah, include wow. 17 action-packed episodes and four casually relaxed episodes. No, <laughs> me, 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 mediocre speed. No, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, but we'll get you get the whole season. Uh, you'll get the 12 bonus shorts that they released last December online. Um, that basically accounted for an episode, right? They had. So if you remember, they had 21 episodes and then a uh, the 22nd episode was just a collection of 12 shorts. Um, all of the old Resistance Rewind episodes from uh, StarWars.com and then four audio commentaries, which I think are the, the it's the new, that's all the new content and I think the most exciting uh, with uh, Christopher Sean, uh, the voice of Kaz, Mirna Velasco, Tordoza, Scott Lawrence, Yeager, and uh, Josh Brenner and Niku. And they'll be talking about episode five, the high tower episode nine, the platform classic episode 12 Bebo, which is an interesting choice. I'm surprised they're doing a commentary on that one. And then of course, episode 121, the season finale, uh, no escape part two. So excited for that. What do you guys think though about no Blu-ray release? Um, you know a what? Disappointing. Well, is it though? If, if they're, are they going to put this with an actual download code with it? Because if, let's say, DVDs and Blu-rays are going to quote-unquote go away, they're going to want you to have a download of this stuff anyway. So if there's a code with it, why give you a Blu-ray? I haven't seen them do that with TV shows very much. Maybe this could be the first? It would be nice. I don't know. It's it's a little disappointing, especially because the show looks so good. It's kind of sad there's no well, That's true. That's Blu-ray. very true. I mean, yeah. depending on your quality of download speed... It probably would look better on a Blu-ray than than a streaming. Right. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's uh, that'll be on October twenty-second, twentieth. Sorry, in just six days. Uh, a few other more details before we jump into Thrawn, which I'm really really excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. Continuing on the Resistance news, um, Resistance has been nominated for an Emmy um, uh, for Outstanding Children's Program, uh, which is. Uh, great. So congratulations to the Resistance crew and cast there. Uh, we'll find out if they won on September 22nd. And then uh, in uh, the, the wrapping things up, the last big piece of news, we're uh, at, at, at Comic-Con. So, you know, it's a little old, about a month old, but like I said, we haven't we haven't had a, a episode in a, in a few weeks. Um, they actually announced that we're going to get a new series called Star Wars The Rise of kylo ren um and this one is is gonna actually just talk about the origins of the um the knights of ren and, and kylo ren which are, sounds are you talking cool. about a not like a novel comics is it a comic uh so it's a comic unfortunately my, okay. my, my yeah i i like new series and i was like sorry i should have like... clarified yeah 
Um, You've dashed my hopes, William. It's a new comic. It's written by uh, Charles Sewell. It's going to be a four-issue miniseries, and oh boy, it sounds really, really cool, though. I'm not a big comic guy, but I'll I'll probably be checking this one out. I don't know. I feel like the comics don't always capture the same... Like You get the nice visuals, but I don't feel like the stories are always as good, and they're kind of over the top. But hey, I'm sure it's going to be... It's Star Wars content. You got to look at it from that point of view. Exactly. And it gives you the backstory because maybe we won't get that much of a backstory for the Knights of Ren in episode nine. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I feel like Star Wars just doesn't translate super well into the comic book format. Uh, but, but to be fair, I didn't think it would translate well into animated until Clone Wars came out and it was awesome mm-hmm. and Rebels and, and that was awesome. Um, but so far, I haven't seen any comic books that the Star Wars feel really fits into i don't know about you guys i i felt more so with the old republic stuff because i have a bunch of the old stuff that was from dark horse i thought that actually went very well and i kind of miss that kind of stuff because you know you're talking uh naomi sunrider uh yulikal drama all those characters back in that era i thought translated very well i tried getting into legacies um i think i stopped after a while but i never got the actual I stayed away from actual Star Wars comics with these characters. So, but I was all the old, a fan of the old stuff from Dark Horse. I thought that stuff was great. Yeah, I liked a lot of that as well, personally. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Um. So yeah, the lots of good stuff happening. There are some other uh, details as well. I guess Star Wars Force Collector is actually set on Batu, which is uh, interesting. It's about Batu tie-in. Uh, that's a novel by Kevin uh, Schnick. Uh, and a bunch of other uh, kind of books about, you know, the Star Wars pop-up galaxy or Return to Vader's Castle, more of a, a spooky story for Halloween. Um, but I think a lot of the big news is going to be at D23 coming up very, very soon. Tom, when is that again? Do you remember? Um, if I understand, I think it might be next week. Next week. Woo. Well, it's one of those things. Might be next week. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I think we'll get a... We'll probably get a, a behind-the-scenes reel for the rise of Skywalker, so that's gonna be fun. Excellent. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, enough about me. Um, really? And the, and Was it all about you? No, no. You just tired of. I feel like I've been talking too much. So. Uh, well then. So Tom, well I then, think why don't you tell us what we're gonna be reviewing today? I am glad you brought that up, William, because the thing that I'm looking forward to talking about is. This is Timothy Zahn's third novel in his new Thrawn trilogy from the new canon called Thrawn Treason. This is a book in which we actually get to see Eli Vanto again. Um, and we get to go a little bit more, I think, into Chiss space this time. So not so much Imperial. There is Imperial in this. But, uh, oh, and also there's a name drop. And actually not so much a name drop, but uh, a certain, um, um, oh, let's just say it. Krennic also appears in this. Yeah, I, I guess Very to, to so. kind of set the stage, Palpatine yeah, the basically stage. I, puts... I kind of hit the high point. No, great job. Uh, Palpatine basically pits, excuse me, uh, Tarkin and Krennic uh, against each other and, and throws Thrawn in the mix. Um, and they basically have a week to figure out what's going on with a supply line for Stardust, obviously the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and it's kind of this, this interesting competition where Thrawn basically has to solve uh, solve the supply line issue before 
uh, a week, and if if uh, he, he he completes it, his pro- his tie defender project, obviously from Star Wars Rebels, uh, gets funded, and if he doesn't, all the money, all the funds go toward um, Project Stardust, Star, uh, Krennic's baby. So now, when it came to the timeline for this book, did you guys get the feeling that this was actually? Right before uh, the episode of Rebels, where um, Governor Price just about gets right, well, actually, just about blows up the fuel depot. Because that's kind of how I felt. It was right before that happened where this book was set. Oh, this book is very much a okay. So, Timothy, you've got, uh, you know, so your last book ends before season four of Rebels. Right. Um, and Thrawn is in, you know, the beginning of season four of Rebels. So, there's just a little piece where he disappears. Uh, you can tell a story in like a week, right? <laughs> and uh, the answer is yes, apparently he can. It's exactly what this it's, book is. Yeah, it is. And you know what? It actually was reading the book, the pacing was very well done really was because it literally felt like as you're reading it it wasn't the drawn out over months and months and months it was literally told within that one week period and it worked very well yep exactly yeah Uh, brent brendan what did you think of uh, you you mentioned i think you you really enjoyed this book as well what are you what were your overall thoughts yeah i've loved the entire thrawn series um we were talking uh, earlier, I don't remember if it was actually pre-show or during the show that this is one of our favorite books of the uh, of of the new canon, mm-hmm. and I have to agree. I was, uh, I don't know, almost a little bit let down um, because I, I was left a little bit hanging at the end of the book. I was hoping for a little bit more conclusion, um, which I think leads into the whole thing that we were talking about how we might be dropping hints at um, future TV series and whatnot. Um, yeah phenomenally well-written book. I mean, Zahn is a genius. Uh, the storyline is amazing. The character development is amazing. Uh, villains, I mean, all of it. And the twists and turns, and I, I had no idea where it was going. I loved it. I thoroughly mm-hmm. loved it. Honestly, I love the first Thrawn book more for myself personally, hmm. uh, but a phenomenal book. Yeah. Steven, what, what, were, your, what were your thoughts? I mean, you said you, you really enjoyed it. Your favorite book. So... Anyone who listens to the show will know that uh, spaceships, space combat, space tactics, that is like my bread and butter when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, and I mean, as you know, I, I feel like there are many episodes of Resistance and Rebels and Clone Wars where I complained about the lack of some of those elements that make Star Wars really exciting. And this book was just like, it's actually, it's what I loved about the original Thrawn trilogy that Zahn wrote as well, which is just that Thrawn being incredibly creative and having like actual battles where strategy matters and like tactics mm-hmm. matter. Uh, and the book is just that over and over and over again. Um, and then the other thing that I really appreciated is we got a little, I guess, uh, even compared to the last uh, Thrawn novel, um, we got a much bigger insight into the Chiss, uh, which yep. is something I always enjoyed from the old expanded universe. And it was kind of one of those mysteries that never really got talked about. And this was, out of the most cases, I'm like, oh, we're learning a little bit, you know, each chapter, each time they show up, which just, it was just very, very well done. Yeah, to, to my surprise, um, I don't know, I, I love a good space battle, but I find, especially in the more recent books, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, like, you know, the old X-Wing books, you know, Aaron Alston and everything, yeah. fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. But I found a lot of the the more recent books when I you read the space battles, your eyes almost just start to glaze over, and you don't really follow what's happening. 
Maybe it's just Say me. But like, what? I don't know. Like, hold, hold on, hold on. A lot okay, of the more just, recent just ones. You read and you're like, oh, William someone's doing himself. Oh okay. wait a minute! No, 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 no. Because I I know a book, actually two books, that I am not impressed with when it comes to space battles. Stephen and William know both of those books. I guess what One I'm saying of them is, got out of my house. I find it hard to to imagine what's going on, and I just kind of get. I don't know. I don't feel like they're that they're written all that in an Did, exciting way. This mm-hmm. book was fantastic. The space yeah. battles, like the, I, I felt like I could vividly picture every single thing that was happening, and mm-hmm. I understood the mm-hmm. brilliance of the tactics. Yep. And and that's what I loved about this book because I, I I it makes me sad. I feel like a lot of the other Star Wars books, you know, especially the the in the old canon, I really enjoyed. It. And I'm like, why am I not enjoying the space battles recently? And, and this book completely changed that. Like, I, I loved all the space battles from the different maneuvers, you know, how they're, mm. like, slingshotting uh, all all sorts of things throughout the entire book with tractor beams and yep. uh, interdictor right, or gravity wells. Like, it was just but, brilliant tactics and so easy to visualize and, and, and see in your head. I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And and I think what also worked for me when it comes to the space battles was it was uh, Director Krennic's second in command that was post and we're jumping all over the place. Please bear with us, but Inspector Krennic's second in command, who was on the bridge watching all this, and and you can see just by reading this the amazement on the guy's face when something was actually pulled off, or if there was a question about this, the amazement on somebody's face that something like this actually worked. Mm-hmm. The- Again, it's jumping to the end, but like... Yeah, I know. The, I'm sorry. It's fine. We can no, go no, in any order. The battle yeah. with... Uh, why am I blanking? The battle with uh, Savit, Grand Admiral Savit at the end. Oh, where yeah. Yes. Seven, yeah. By far, my favorite line in the book is, you know, Thrawn and Savit are talking on Savit's bridge, and Savit's like, how are you going to defeat me? You're over here. And he's like, why do you think that matters? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> it's just... It was so incredibly well done. Right, right, and, right. and the way in which like he managed to perfectly—I mean, it's it's classic Thrawn, right? But perfectly predict every single move. Yep, uh, Admiral Savitt was gonna make, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, and 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 Commodore is sitting over there just basically following the 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 instructions that that Thrawn uh, gave her, and, and it's like destroying Savitt. It was great. It was fantastic. Destroying yeah. him enough to get a couple of his star destroyers to turn in a way against him. Yeah. Actually, in the end, did yeah. against him. Um, but I, I totally agree. When it so far has come to these space battles or anything written like that within this universe, Timothy Zahn has a way of pulling them off better than other people who have tried. Yeah. Well, it's. I also especially, I don't know if you guys caught this, but the callback effectively to the original Thrawn trilogy mm-hmm. where you know one of Thrawn's central strategies is the use of the interdictor ships to pull mm-hmm. uh, other ships out of hyperspace at key locations, uh-huh. which is exactly what happens with Eli Vanto and Admiral uh, Aralani, the, the Steadfast, which we should talk about as well. Yes, yes. Um, just that same exact strategy, just you know, for a new era. Yeah, I, I okay. loved it. So, so Brendan, um, yes, what did you think? Because I, I did, we all didn't mean to talk over you, but I no, heard no, this. No, no, you're fine. Going, Wait a minute. So go ahead. 
No, no, I, I, I was just talking. I was talking about the previous space battles. I am in complete agreement with you guys that the space battles in this book were phenomenal, and mm-hmm. and one of my favorite parts of the book. I was actually going to bring it up. I've thoroughly enjoyed other space battles, and I've been able to um, to imagine it in my head and and get the grand scope of things. Again, I'll I'll say that Zahn is a phenomenal book writer, and I think possibly the best. I'd have to go back and reread a bunch of other stuff. Mm. Uh, but I wouldn't say that I hated or or couldn't enjoy Space Battles in previous Star Wars books. Um, but this one was great. And it's fun always seeing Thrawn two steps and ten steps ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I don't know. I think maybe some of it was that I missed Thrawn's point of view. I felt like we didn't get so much of Thrawn's point of view in this book. Uh, compared yeah. to the first two, the first two we were constantly. I actually just went back and reread the first Thrawn book this week, mm-hmm. and you're constantly in Thrawn's thoughts mm-hmm. as he's reading everybody's body posture and their faces yeah. and everything, and he's thinking these thoughts. And instead, we're kind of seeing it from everybody else's point of view, where he's given, uh, you know, um, uh, Commodore Pharaoh like his grocery list for how to destroy Savit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just different. It, it, it's different. So it threw me off a little bit. But I, the, the, no, the tactics and the battles, amazing. Yeah. And I do have to agree. I think in this book, there were a couple times where you got inside his head because of the italics. But I do agree. It was more so in the previous books than this one. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that it wasn't there at all. It just, right. I, right. It, it, not as it, much as I was used to, and it threw me off. No, right. no double vision this time, <laughs> which I kind of appreciated. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like double vision and then whatever. Anyway, uh, I know what you're talking about. William. But no, I mean, so, there, yeah, there were a couple times where we kind of got in his in his head. But I think it was only like we was, truly was, got in his head. Like his, we saw his internal monologue. Yeah, it was only like I don't know two or three times. It's for a very yeah. Short it was amount. rare. It was very yeah. rare in this book. But yeah. um, which I mean, it kind of makes sense because I mean, like the end of the first book, he gives um, he gives Eli Vanto his his journal, right? And so in my I don't know about you guys, but my thought in the first book, the first book was kind of like it's supposed to be his journal, right? Oh, and so now we're following his story, but we're no longer reading his journal. Um, huh. That was kind. I know it wasn't said anywhere in there, but that's kind of the feel as as I've as as I felt. I did notice. I don't know if you guys. Uh, I mean, I assume you guys noticed at the end that we actually get into the emperor's thoughts yes. for a minute. There, we yep. see things from his mm-hmm. point of view, which I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. That hasn't been done in this series. The the emperor has always been on the outside. Yeah, we get a little more of his perspective and how he wants to, you know, he doesn't he doesn't trust Thrawn uh, necessarily, and how he also wants to um, set up the uh, the throne room basically for for Ezra, which I thought was very that cool. That was cool. The special, the, the special chamber. Um, but that actually, that's a that's a good segue. Um, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but let's let's start with let's start with the whole the title of the book, Thrawn Treason. Uh, the book sets up this whole treason thing that maybe Thrawn's allegiance is divided between the Chiss ascendancy and the Empire, uh, and it tries to tries to make you maybe doubt Thrawn, or or, or, or was it referring it just to a everyone? Job of it. There's yeah, did, a number did you, of did you interesting Thrawn. Uh, so there's a number of chapters where Thrawn and Admiral Aralani of the Chiss are discussing uh, Thrawn's 
allegiances, for lack of a better word. Mm. Um, and, you know, and the, the output of it seems to be kind of the Chiss intentionally, like Thrawn's mission, original mission was to gain insight into the Empire. Uh, Thrawn went out of bounds of that by actually joining up with the Empire, but he's still definitely working for the Chiss in some way. And I, I think it's very interesting. This is kind of what the Emperor's kind of epilogue chapter alludes to is the Emperor is also aware that Thrawn does have divided loyalties. Uh, and the case, you know, Thrawn made to Vader even in the previous novel is he is loyal to the Empire uh, because he's also and to the Chess, and they just happen to have the same goals. And we never really get to see those goals come into conflict. And that's, I think, what would be most interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I never, I never really got to a point where I doubted Thrawn. I guess I don't know. Oh, I've doubted Thrawn from the beginning. From the beginning of this really? book, or the beginning of of of, of the series. Huh. Okay. Interesting. I mean, do you guys remember the whole thing with Night Swan, right, on the planet, right before he yes. dies? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yep. So, like, up leading up until that moment in the first book, I was like, "Huh, I wonder." And then from that moment until now. Like, treason is exactly what I've been thinking in my mind. I've just been, like, waiting for the shoe to drop. Ah. And I thought it was going to drop in this book, and it didn't. That's why I was saying I was hoping for kind of a conclusion to the who is he truly loyal to question. And I feel like I didn't get it. I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think the question is, I'm not. it's not moot, but it's uh, we lose the ability to really find out because Thrawn is disappeared alongside Ezra. Yeah, but you, okay. I, I think I see it from this, from, from something from this way. He still has to be loyal to the Chiss empire because he sent uh Vanto there as one person to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And then now he sent, you know, uh, the assistant director to Krennic, uh, uh, Ronan, so mm-hmm. he he still he still has some loyalty to the to the chess because in a way he's given the chess the ability to study the empire with these two you know the, these two let's say gifts or these two they're not prisoners but they're going there to learn what will be interesting in whatever book that comes out next how they bring back uh, Colonel Ro- uh, Ronan or Assistant Director Ronan mm. because he in this whole book was supposed to be a foil the whole time he was supposed to try and foil thrawn solution to this whole mess that krennic is complaining about that his shipping lanes are you know uh being disrupted so Mm -hmm. how it's going to come back in this next book with him is going to be interesting is he going to change is he going to have more of an eli vanto type mentality um or is he going to still come back with a little bit of that chist knowledge but is he going to take it to the Empire saying, hey, I know more about the Chiss because I'm going to give you all these secrets. Whereas Vanto, do you think Vanto would? I think Vanto is on the side of Thrawn and the Chiss. I think uh, Ronan is the guy that's going to come back with any kind of secrets you, to help the Empire. Yeah. Do you I, think I there is another book after this? I would I would hope so. I, it, uh, but it, it's, the, the, the problem I see with this, if there is another book, where are they going to shoehorn it? Because technically, like I said, this appeared to be done a week before he goes into Rebels, the and then he basically meets up as with Ezra, and Ezra takes him into the unknown. Right. 
So where is that book going to go? Well, and, and that's where I think, you know, I, I think if, from what I've heard, this is, this is planned as the end of the, this Thrawn trilogy. Now I don't think it's the last Thrawn book. We'll see. Thrawn's too popular of a character for that. And Zahn's too great of a you know, writer for that. Um, I do think that this is the last Thrawn book we'll see until Dave Filoni does whatever he's going to do next with Thrawn. Because, because uh, Zahn, you know, Thrawn is, is Timothy Zahn's baby, right? He, he created oh, yeah. Zahn, uh, Thrawn. However, when Dave Filoni put Thrawn in Rebels, uh, he basically said, Thrawn's mine now. <laughs> you know, uh, Timothy Zahn is the, the man behind Thrawn, and he's, ex- he's amazing. But I don't think Thrawn can be used at this point until they resolve his disappearance in True. the next TV show. And I think that's going to be the next TV show. And I think it's going to be Ahsoka and Sabine and Ezra and Thrawn. And uh, season one is Ahsoka and Sabine. Season two is all four is my guess. Uh, that could, yes, I think you're probably yeah, right there. I, I could agree with that. Yeah. And I think I, I once th- that happens, then we'll get another Thrawn book. Yes. Sorry, Brendan, you were going to say something. No, I'm just that you said what I was going to say. Oh. That's exactly it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we're not we're obviously not getting another Thrawn book right now. They got to do stuff with him in the in the TV series, which I'm thrilled for. But then I think we will. And I hope that we'll get him back in book form. Yeah. And I because think as much that. as I love Thrawn and Rebels Thrawn in book form. I don't know if it's Zahn or if it's just that I'm a more of a bookworm than I am a TV guy. But it, I just I don't know. I just feel his essence in the books mm-hmm. more than I do on the TV show. I agree with you on that. I think how he was portrayed in Rebels is perfect for Rebels. Agree. He is much yep. better in book form because you you have to give the guys in Rebels. I'll say it: Jar Jar written correctly is a great character. Thrawn in Rebels written correctly is an outstanding character. But you give him to the creator Timothy Zahn, he is the best character because you're getting more of an exposition of that character in book form than in t- than in TV. Yeah, and I think part of that might be because in in the Thrawn books, Thrawn is the protagonist. Yes, and in Rebels, he's the antagonist, and so we can't really get into his head. We can't root for him to win. Um, he cannot, by his by its very nature, be as brilliant. Because if he's as brilliant, then he'll win, right? He can't. But, but he can't. in a way, in a way, he can still be. He can still be as brilliant as they need him to be. But I do agree with you. He 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 has to lose. But then again, we've always said when it comes to Thrawn, it's the long game for this. Right. Right. And actually, I think this part of it is you know this is the long game. Right? I think I think we'll see. You know, eventually we might see Ronan again and Eli Vanto and all these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it might be a while. And I think um, that uh, that we'll see it. You know, after you know, mm-hmm. like if if let's just hypothetically, if the 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 next series that focuses on you know the the the, the def- rescue of Ezra and and, and Thrawn starts in you know next year at the earliest right season two will be we're really looking at like a good two years Mm -hmm. um from now before uh before season two starts we're actually looking at three years before a book could possibly come out uh, if not more 
which is like you know a little break for for Zahn. Uh, maybe he goes and writes something else. But then I think, you know, so far the way they've written a lot of the the Thrawn books, Zahn's worked very hard to make sure that his old, the original Thrawn trilogy could still effectively fit in. Uh, yeah. In most ninety percent of it, right? Um, I have to go back and read those. And I know I, I want to read it, reread them again too. But I, I could totally see. Uh, I could totally see those stories still happening, and Thrawn comes, mm-hmm. you know, Thrawn comes back. He's now working for the Emperor again. We, you know, he's fighting the the rebels. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I could I could see all of that. Uh, sorry, you know, or the New Republic at this point, right? I could see all of that happening. Still, we probably wouldn't get new version, new the, book versions of that. I don't think, but the other possibility is this is another trilogy of movies, not a uh, series. Oh, man. Oh, okay, but then, but then again, if it's going to be a new trilogy of movies, Thr- uh, Zahn has got to be involved in this. Oh, I'm sure they oh, are. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, all speculation. It is interesting, though. He has to be involved in this. You know, now when I, when I read, I don't know about you guys, when I read uh, Treason, and I, and I think it's the same thing with the, I believe I did the same thing with the last couple books, too. I actually hear, um, you know, his his voice from Rebels. Yep. When I Same read, here. I read it actually slower, and uh, you know, uh, uh, was it, I think it was Lars Mikkelsen, right? Yeah. Um, Sounds right. One of the two Larses. Um, <laughs> or, or was either Lars or Maz? I'm trying to remember now. Like I always get them mixed up because they both are in Star Wars. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I hear his voice, and he just does such a good job in the show. I would love to see movies or another show all about it, and I, I think that's that's part of that's part of Filoni's plan long term. Well, and see, it's interesting for me, kind of being on the outside of you guys, because I'm still I never actually finished Rebels. Right? It's it's on my DVR. I just <laughs> I never finished. Wait, you it. haven't finished Rebels? I still I know wow. I know I shouldn't have. I, shouldn't I apologize for anything we may have said. <laughs> I should not have. Oh no! Uh, on, I, I was going to say we're way past spoilers. Here, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Right? No, we, yeah, we, you, yeah. Gordon. I know, um, I know. <laughs> but uh, so I'm not. So like, I was introduced to th- to the new Thrawn books before uh, I had really gotten into Rebels in, in to mm-hmm. any de- level, and so I had developed the character in my mind um, before I saw the character on the screen, and I haven't gone back and watched Rebels. I haven't seen a Rebels episode since the since the finale. And, um, but just the other day, my coworker sent me a GIF on Microsoft Teams at work and I reply, I'm like, oh, I, oh, the Thrawn says something like this. And I just searched Thrawn in the GIFs and there was the perfect scene of him from Rebels for whatever I needed to say to my coworker and the facial expressions and the gestures of Thrawn in that little teeny tiny GIF from the Rebels movies, what, or TV series was perfectly what I had in my mind of who he was in the book. So I, I mm. got to say that, that the, the writer Zahn of the book and the writers of the show are just so perfectly meshed because even yeah. with me having not had that image in my mind, it, his mannerisms, everything fit him perfectly. Yeah. Very I much totally agree. agree. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about the, the, the book title earlier and how it applies to Thrawn. But one of the things I liked about this is it, it, it actually applied to a lot of characters. You know, you have, uh, Grand Admiral Savitt, obviously, and I'd love to dive into Savitt a bit more in, in just a moment. Um, 
as the the actual traitor, which I didn't see coming. I, you know what? Neither did I. But I didn't let's, see that one let, coming Let's come back to that in, in just yeah. a minute. Um, we also had Ronan, uh, who is effectively a traitor at the end because he's, he's left the Empire. Uh, Thrawn brilliantly placed him in a position where you know, he, he, he couldn't is go he back. Is he a traitor, though? In well, the but- minds of everyone else, he is, just like Eli Vanto is in the minds yeah. of everyone else. Um, you know, they, neither of them are dedicated. actually trailer, tra- traitors. But well, they are both that, perceived to be traitors. True, um, very true. But but I but wait a minute. I do agree. When it comes to who who would be who would be the most who would be the more traitorous between the two, I really think it would be Ronan more so than Vanto. Uh, yes, interesting. Well, and Ronan's a traitor yes. like three times in the book. He keeps just every time he blinks, he he turns his back on somebody. Right. Yeah. Look, he's assistant director to director Krennic. Brilliant man, you he's don't a, okay, understand. Okay. Oh, but, oh, is that how it's going to be? Okay, no, wait a minute. Hey, wait he's a minute. got a cape. I, he's official. He's got a cape, and I got <laughs> he does have a cape. It, th- there is one point in the book where his his bigness got worked for him is when he brought that cape when he was told not to. Uh-huh. That worked in his favor. And the funny thing was, they used it. And in my opinion, they made him look more like a fool than him actually being the big guy that he was supposed to be. Which I loved. Yeah, yeah. I totally love that that aspect of it. That was hilarious. Uh, so this is a little more in, into the weeds of the book. I did feel like the uh, the detour on, what was the name of that planet? Um, Alexor or something along Alexor, those lines? Yeah. That was the one part of the book where I wasn't, uh, grabbed by it, I guess. It was a little bit of a drag to get through. Personally, at least. Okay. Yeah. I felt like it was telling telling a lot of Ronan's backstory and kind of giving mm-hmm. us... Because that, uh, uh, that was where Eli was as well, right? Right. Yeah, it's yeah, Eli, I think that... Ronan, the t- and the two Death Troopers. And right. I okay. also I just, run I just into the, uh, the ISB agent. Right. That's true. And, yeah. which... and so it's like, for me, it was a good, like a breath of fresh air to see Eli again. Mm-hmm. See, I was I wanted to see more of I liked seeing Eli's interactions with the Chiss and that kind of level of trust and distrust that they were kind of working through, uh, and that it took me away from all of those aspects of it. Okay, but didn't didn't this kind of setup also happen in one of the previous books? Because I, I kind of agree with Brendan. I did enjoy this section because of what it was. I loved them, you know, meeting the ISB agent. But mm-hmm. there was something about did that you? section that kind of re- kind of reminded me of. It happened in another book as well, in one of these th- one of the previous two books. Can't put my finger on it, but I just love how they just used Ronan, and and they told him not to take anything with him that would make him look imperial. And no when he did he it, would. they yeah. used it to their advantage. Yeah. Uh, no, that, I mean that whole that whole scene was, I mean it did kind of, it was a little bit of a of a detour, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of yeah, I I liked it. You know, having the like the this this guy see this unassuming guy mole this hacker all of a sudden be revealed to be deja the isp agent uh isb agent uh yeah i was gonna say internet service provider exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly now the imperial security bureau uh deja colorand um and how they ended up like finding the turbo laser parts that were hidden on the on the shuttle um I don't know. I, I and then of course you know the fact that Deja he get they get back to to Savitt's Star Destroyer and he's pretending to be 
you know, uh, he's pretending to be Mole again, and everyone's completely overlooking him. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, this druggie, they're they're talking about how drugged up he was, and they completely disregarded him. Right, right. And and how, like, yeah, I don't know. I I loved... But but hang on a second. Let's back up here, yeah. Stephen. Did did you just? You're the one saying you don't like the the uh, this whole series scene, not, right? I wasn't a huge fan of it. It wasn't that it wasn't uh, well done. It was just it took me away from the space battles and but, Thrawn. But no, you just wanted more space battles and chess. <laughs> did you love the tractor beam at the end? I did love the tractor beam at the end. Okay, because yes. I'm like that was yeah. one of my favorite parts of the book when they got into all the technicalities of it oh, and yeah. the looping back to avoid detection and all. The, I mean, that was great. It's what I loved about this novel. It's not like, oh, there's a tractor beam and you grab it. It's like, oh, no, like, how would you escape a tractor beam? Like, well, I guess you would kind of like if you angled yourself. So you're going like the momentum of it, just all of it worked like kind of it was intuitive, but also just felt really good, you know? Yeah. That was yeah, the whole time I felt like, going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Of course. Yeah, that's yeah. logically how physics works. And that was the re- that was like I felt like a recurring theme throughout this book. It was always like, yeah, that that's logical. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that you know, that that's super clear and yet innovative and neat. I also love that that line, the uh well, I said sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes yeah. works. Oh uh, yeah. Uh and I, I thought, you know, touching on, on Ronan a bit more, I, gr- director Krennic, for whatever reason, is like one of my favorite characters. I just love how you know like how he thinks he's so important and it just his his whole character is just played so well. And Ronan I felt like was a great way to have a Krennic like character who, you know, shared a lot of the similarities to to Krennic but was able to actually participate in the book more cuz you know Krennic couldn't be on the mission himself. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh and more importantly, he served as the really the the reader's eyes into Thrawn. He was the guy who was mm-hmm. constantly doubting Thrawn and saying, this guy's a fake, you know, this guy is uh, a traitor, right? Uh, and throughout it all, he just is constantly shocked at Thrawn's abilities or, or doubting them and trying to mm-hmm. make up excuses. And that's, he's kind of the, the, kind of the voice of the reader in many ways. It's like, no, that, you know, you're just, no way. Wait, what? <laughs> Uh, he, the same the same role Eli Vanto played in the first book, uh, but obviously yes. Eli is he now re- knows how how good Thrawn is, and so they had to have a new uh, uh, someone new to take that role, and that was Ronan. Uh, speaking of kind of Eli Vanto s characters, what did you guys think of uh, Commodore Karen Faro, Thrawn's commander? I liked her. I liked her. I, it was all, the thing that I find fascinating. She, it seemed like she was always questioning, I questioning loyalty, but I also liked how when they were communicating, it wasn't just always the chist language. They made sure it was a language that people could understand. Cybisty, right? Where, yeah. Yeah. To, that, uh, I think Ronan could understand. And then if they needed something to be quiet, then they switched back to chess. But I think that was more rare than them actually speaking like the uh, the other language for everybody could understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think for Pharaoh, I I think Pharaoh is an excellent because like Eli was like he started off disgruntled. You know, he's he's constantly trying to get back to his 
his job of of supply chain and then he eventually just becomes sold out like Thrawn supporter and then of course he goes and he disappears for a while with the Chiss but with with Pharaoh you kind of see this like military person who is a hundred percent totally and completely first devoted to the Empire mm-hmm. um, and while she has some doubts about Thrawn and there's the whole thing again shadowing Eli of her career and why hasn't she gotten her own fleet and because she's a commodore and you have all mm-hmm. this this stuff going on mm-hmm. but you see there the final space battle that occupies what the final seven chapters of the book or whatever mm-hmm. um you see her just not blindly like she has a brain but she doesn't understand entirely thrawn's plan she doesn't entirely believe that he can beat savit and his four um isds but she still follows through on her orders. And so you kind of have that interesting juxtaposition of an, uh, a military officer who isn't completely drinking the Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. um, but who still follows the commands and wins a huge victory. Right. And is willing to kind of improvise mm-hmm. even on Thrawn's plan and, and Thrawn congratulates her afterward. Oh yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Where she, she decides, cause it was actually funny when I was reading the book, they were talking about how they had, they, you know, in that last battle, and I, I love again. I loved how they did, how how Thrawn, you know, basically used ties to to run into the ion cannon blast, uh, mm-hmm. so that you know the, sh- the so that the um, the chimera wouldn't be hit. And then, you know, while this was happening, they'd already slingshotted uh, uh, unused gravity well and some some ties, slowly going to the star destroyer, so they couldn't detect him. And it's those kinds of details that made this book mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. And that's why they're able yeah. to like take out the, you know, the first set of uh, turbo lasers uh, and then the second set of turbo lasers on, on Savit's ship. And then, um, but like the, the, at one point they mentioned that like the, the, the gravity will generator was aimed at the, I think it was the starboard weapons, the starboard turbo lasers. And then all of a sudden it like goes into the hangar. And I'm like, wait, what, why would they do that? Right, and it was because Faro had had realized that um, uh, that would have been I forget the exact details, but more more efficient and help prevent you know uh, loss of life yeah. and everything. Yeah, she just she did an excellent job of anticipating not just what Savit would do, but uh, what Thrawn needed of her as well. Right, you know, yeah. it was just and eventually her her oh, skepticism, so her skepticism yeah. is. You know, she she's always worried that Thrawn is a traitor, or that Thrawn maybe nixed her promotion to command Task Force Two Thirty One. And in the end, she realizes that Thrawn he did stop her promotion, not because he didn't think he was good, but she thought she was too good for it, and would have to command the Eleventh Fleet. Um, and so eventually, you know, she her her loyalty is is paid off. Unlike Ronan, who you know sees that Thrawn actually solved you know solved the problem with the the Gralux, uh within a week, you know completed his, the mission, and yet because he technically didn't stop the Gralux, he stopped you know the 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 turbo lasers from being stolen, which they were using the Gralux in order to do. Mm. Ronan's like, which, nope, he didn't uh, he didn't complete the mission. <laughs> which Very letter of the law. Go ahead. I, it's not that Ronan didn't know that Thrawn had accomplished the goal. It was a realization of, you know, as much as he's seen what uh, Thrawn is capable of, he still believes Stardust is the more important project yeah. 
for the future of the Empire than the Defender Project. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, on the subject of treason, there is still that question of no matter how brilliant he is, where do Thrawn's alliances mm-hmm. lie? There's no question in anybody's mind where Krennic's alliance is who he's devoted to. Like, there's no doubt anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so for, so yeah, I think Ronan is right. As much as I hated that scene, I think Ronan is right to, to have said what he said and, and pushed things towards Krennic. Well, I mean, he he still lied, but he, he was, you know, obviously Stardust was probably the better, choice although i mean knowing what we know from the rest of the movies it yeah. quickly gets oh, destroyed that flaw yeah, yeah. And, I, and i love how they're like oh this would you know take so much resources and, you know there's there's no way we could you know this would be so important it's unstoppable and then i you know it's even though it's sucking the galaxy of all the of all the empire's funding and i'm like yep and then they do it again in like two years <laughs> three yeah. years they roll the second one i I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen uh, an attempt to rectify that effectively by implying that the second Death Star was already being built at this point in time. I oh, think, interesting. I think the retcon was that DS2 was already... Uh, it was well, already in... I'm oh, sorry. Uh, DS1 took... So, Stardust took so long to build because of all the delays. And had they not mm. had delays and trying to figure out how to build it. Now, once they had the plans, they could just put it together in three years. It was just... that's. That's what they've kind of used in the past, but I still would have expected to see uh, a hint of it. Um, the other thing that's yeah. a little bit odd, and it's more of a Rebels thing than anything, it's uh, it's not really clear why the Defender Project isn't kind of full scale at this point. Like, right. Thrawn's using them to great effect. He's clearly already has a working like set of ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sh- sounds like it's just a matter of producing more of them. Yeah. But... It's probably because the funding was going to Stardust, and on top of that, Governor well, Price doing a bonehead move. I'm sorry when you're well, the when you're the Emperor of the Galaxy. I feel like you could probably just put resources toward both. I don't know. Well, no, that, that, that's I don't good, feel like no, the that's, Imperial that's Bank really point. cares about. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, uh, they're just like, well, just print some more money, and you know, I don't know. Okay, but but think of it this way: if they put a boatload of money into the Defender Project. It was on Lethal. Think of how many more defenders would have been destroyed after Governor Price pulled her boneheaded move. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, that's one of the things I really liked about this book is it actually showed how important the defenders were because they actually yeah. used the hyperdrives on the defenders to great effect. It's, that was outstanding. You want to talk about tactics. That was great. Yeah. it's Another thing I think is they kind of touch on it, but I think it's really fascinating is – uh, Thrawn looks at I'm going to call it the state of the galaxy and I don't mean uh, the politics of it but the the military hardware of it and I think it, he identifies the fighter is really the key to uh, like winning a war effectively Yeah, like we see the Rebel Alliance do exactly that with mm-hmm. you know not a lot of capital ships but lots of fighters and I think that's why he's so big on the Defender Project. It's in his mind, this is the thing that you need in order to actually, you know, defeat your opponent. And, and I it's think something in, like, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 finish it. You finish your. I fight. was gonna say, and throughout the novel, we see that you know the Chiss don't really seem to have fighters at all that I recall. Um, at least they don't mm-hmm. really pop up in the novel. Uh, the Grisk have fighters, but they seem to be 
significantly weaker than the defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime the fighters, the defenders especially, get used, it's to great effect. Right. And it's again, it's one of those things. It's uh, you know, different science fiction franchises treat space combat in different ways in terms of what what is the strategy, what what type of ship is most effective and i i love this take on the star wars you know space tactics effectively that you know and up the fighter is the premier weapon effectively and i think within this book to to follow up with what you said they were used effectively because it was the slingshot maneuvers that thrawn used with them it was the putting them to where they didn't have their drives on and sneaking up on a unsuspecting Mm -hmm. ship so it was the tactics that he showed in this book that does prove in this case, Star Wars universe, fighters can outweigh any kind of capital ship on any given day. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because in this book we kind of see, um, I mean, the entire Thrawn series has been a little bit defenders versus Stardust. But in this book, mm-hmm. you really see fighters versus the Death Star in kind of an ethereal sense, right? Like it, it's not the... It, it's not the fighters of the Rebel Alliance blowing up the Death Star, but it's Thrawn's fighters and their effectiveness versus the Death Star, which then, as we already said, the fighters take down the Death Star. Right. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, I, I think it's... I, it's I, The entire time, the entire book, I'm like crying for the Empire, even though I'm a devoted Rebel. I'm like, <laughs> if only you guys had, had been wise enough to replace all of your TIE fighters with Defenders instead of doing the stupid Death Star, the Rebels mm. would have never stood a chance. Well, but also, the, the biggest thing, if you look at the Death Star in and of itself, it was it just reminded me that, if I remember the line correctly, we count 30 Rebel ship Lord Vader, ships Lord Vader. They're so small, they are evading our turbo lasers. So at that yep. point, it was established, the fighters, regardless if it was a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port that blows the thing up, at that point, it proved a very fatal flaw in the Death Star. Fighters can destroy it and that was what thrawn proved in this book fighters are more valuable than capital ships or stardust yeah yeah well it's just like navies today right like you you your carriers are great but they're kind of pointless other than for the purpose of carrying a bunch of planes correct and that's exactly what is shadowed in this space battle where the carriers are great and yeah they got turbo lasers but really they're just carriers that's what they are yep 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 um, another thing I thought was a really good touch in the book is seeing um, a radically different approach to everything out of the Chiss. Like, they don't have turbo lasers, they have plasma spheres yeah. and spectrum lasers and uh, breacher missiles. And it was. Oh, I love the breacher missiles. Yeah, like just all these really cool ideas that, you know, you watch them and you're like, I'm not actually sure any of these things are better than, you know, the weapons mix we're used to, proton torpedoes and so on. Uh, but it's fascinating to see such a radically different take mm. on all of that type of stuff. They're very foreign and unknown, mm-hmm. which makes but sense they still, since they're from the unknown and, region, but they're still familiar. Yeah, and they still feel like Star Wars, right? which is perfect. No, well, I, I thought, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the logistics of that was interesting going back into tactics, you know, because you're constantly talking about, oh, we have this many left, we have this many left, we have this many left, we have to reserve these. Oh, he used right. those really wisely, he wasted those. I, th- I thought all of those comments were really interesting, because you don't usually see a lot of logistics in Star Wars. It's it's yep. just kind of battle, 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 infinite ammo, battle, battle. You, <laughs> you never see stormtroopers changing a clip. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it was it was it was really well done. Um, I'd love to to dive into the Chiss a bit more as well, 
But first, uh, we talked. We touched on Grand Admiral Savit a little bit. Um, he's now. I think. I think Savit's like one of the first Grand Admirals we've seen aside from Thrawn. Right. I'm trying to think back. I, I don't believe so. Um, I think this is the first one. Yeah, I mean, like, you know... I mean, uh, in the new Ac- canon. In the we, new we canon. Certainly... Yeah, and congrat- you know, Admiral Akbar I think, was was called a Grand Admiral in the, the um, you know, by by the, the sequel trilogy time period. But we haven't seen many Grand Admirals. Um, was although... there not a Grand Admiral in the first Thrawn book? I don't Jeez, I can't think remember so. That. No, I don't uh, think it's the first one. No, there might be. I feel like there was. I can't because remember he worked. No, maybe they just mentioned it because he worked under a Grand Admiral. That's what it was. Because there was the Grand Admiral who was the fleet commander, and and he was talking about um, he was giving up all the orders. That was a Grand Admiral, right. but we barely met him. Yeah, and it is hinted in this book there are twelve Grand Admirals total because that's the number of Grand Admirals who have access to the G seventy seven encryption. Um, but yeah, what what did you think of of Savit? Tell you the truth, I didn't expect the twist at the end. That Savit was really the one stealing the turbo lasers. Yep. That that was the one because I always thought it was the other one. Um, the um, God, what's her name? Um, I'm uh, looking uh, Governor uh, Haveland. Yes, I always thought it was going to be Governor Governor Haveland. That was going to be the one that somehow, yeah, it was yeah. it was a red light there, and everything was pointing toward her that this was going to be the one. But I didn't expect that to be the case with Savit. Really, it was, it was yeah, obvious, they got me hook, line, and sinker on yeah. that one. Yeah. When, when did you first figure out what Savit was doing? That's a good question because it started out with um, Tarkin telling him that you have to back Thrawn's play, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was that I think was what got me because he was to a certain extent playing that aspect throughout the whole book, and I can't remember where where it fell off but whenever yeah. Krennic or Ronan went to him and complained he was always backing Thrawn yeah for me it was the moment he ordered Pelion's Star Destroyer uh to go investigate the debris you know farther away really or whatever. yeah as soon as there was the comment about uh loyalty I was like ah it's him <laughs> Got yeah because he, yeah, he does make that, that. he okay. did make that comment like oh yeah Pelion is 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 a good officer, but lacked a deg- degree of personal loyalty uh, that uh, he valued in in in, in, his, in his subordinates. But um, yeah, for 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 me, that was I thought that was a little odd. But I'm like, well, maybe he just doesn't like Pelayan, which I have to say, so excited to get more Pelayan. Mm-hmm. I'll touch on that yep. moment. Yep. Um, but the first thing that was odd was when Savit decided to well it was the first time where he said like back you know help thrawn and and savitz savit made this reference i can't remember the exact what exactly he said but he made this reference earlier about you know i think he didn't quite trust ronin um which was odd but it was when he was meeting with with thrawn and uh and he actually noted that he had planned to kill ronin and mole as they were transferring him by shuttle to chimera Mm -hmm. and i was like Wait, why? Why would he kill Ronan and, and Mole if 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 he's trying to help Thrawn? Tarkin told him to assist Thrawn, and sure, Ronan works for Credic, but you know, like I I I was getting very confused as I read that. I, I couldn't possibly understand why. And mm-hmm. then, you know, a moment later, um, you know, 
it's revealed that Savit is the is the one. I'm like, oh, there you go. <laughs> that that makes sense. But it, I didn't start to suspect Savit until until it was revealed that he he wanted to kill Ronan and Mole. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it all made sense. It wouldn't. No, not even until it was after that that I like. I was like, that's weird. What's going on? And after that, I was like, ah, Savit was the one. It wasn't yeah. Haveland at all. Um. Yeah, but okay. So Palayan, we finally, finally get Palayan after a mention at the end of Star Wars Rebels in the season finale, series finale. Mm-hmm. We get to see Palayan, but hardly at all. Hardly it's at a all. good tease. Why not? Uh killed me because I was so excited to see Captain Palayan, and then we got references to him. We got one well, briefly we, earlier. At least we have him, and he wasn't erased. He was in the battle, but then like they were like, "Oh, we're gonna send you to far off on the other side of the battlefield." I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me! Really? He's not even gonna participate in the battle. And then uh, he does end up siding with with Thrawn against Savit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to Lothal with Thrawn at the very end of the of the book, um, but. I don't know. I just I wish we gotten more plan. Why, why don't you think we got as much plan? Well, it, maybe maybe it's set up for something later. We don't know. We we really don't know what's after this book. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, he's one of the te- off limits. Technically, characters. technically we do because they do go off to Lethal. So we know TV series wise what happens after this book. Yeah, and 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 Filoni has said that Palayan's alive at the after Rebels, so which is good. Um, that's good at least. Yeah, to start. It's hope. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was Rebellion's it was. I, I got my <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got all excited when the Palayan reference was dropped. You know, halfway through the book, third of the way through the book, and then he never really showed up. He was he was there in the background, but never, never actually in a scene, which is kind of. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Um, oh, well. So, Stephen, um, as our, our space guy, thoughts on the Grisks and the Chiss Ascendancy? Uh, I mean, like I said, I liked the unique aspects of each of their ships. Um, the Grisk, I'm still... I'm not as thrilled with them, I guess. There's... You know, they keep alluding to, like, ah, the Grisk, you know, they learn about their... Uh, their target speed like you know the client species and they can convince an entire species to like you know work for them and i mm-hmm. i that's a little uh broad for me like i i don't know how that works and i have trouble picturing how that works you don't think they're um, gonna take over everyone by convincing everyone to be loyal to them 40 people 40 grisks could take over the entire galaxy or planet whatever it was yeah no <laughs> it was it was a little uh What's the, I'm blanking on the word. Far exaggerated. Yeah. Um, so, but I I do like this kind of uh, obsession they have. You know, I like how they're they're always trying to learn, and you know, they want to observe, and how Thrawn uses that trait, those traits against them. Like those, I felt worked really really well, and it's like I like when different species have those kinds of. Uh, they're not quite single note traits, but they're. Uh, diverse enough that you can you know that there's something interesting to it mm-hmm. well I've, I've always kind of something that fascinates me about this book series um is all the parallels between the force and whatever 
it, it kind of some of the parallels to it. So the Grisks kind of have that Sith ability where it's not really a Force ability, but just this ability to overpower a populace, mm-hmm. right? And as far as we know, they're not Force-sensitive, mm-hmm. um, but in the same way that uh, Palpatine kind of rules, not even with an iron fist, but just, you know, his followers just follow. And of course, you know, as a Sith way, they will eventually try to murder them. Um, but also, like, looking into the uh, the third site that we mm-hmm. find out about with the uh, with the Chiss, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just, I, I think some of those parallels are interesting, and I, I, I'd love to di- delve deeper into some of them. For I sure. think what's interesting about the uh, third site thing is that was one thing that when it came to Ronan, Ronan thought, if I remember correct, Ronan kind of had a feeling or a thought that Thrawn was holding out on the Emperor because when he saw this one girl, and he all of a sudden is like, oh my God, she's Force-sensitive. Mm-hmm. If I remember that from the book. She said, and, he said, oh my God, she's a Jedi. Yes, thank yes. you. Um, yeah. yeah. But, the, but from the perspective of what he knows, but then from the perspective of the Chiss, they only go for so much. They have that Force-sensitivity the one young lady who was like 22 years old, uh, Vinya, or 22, yeah. or something like that. 23, I think, she, I think. Yeah, something like that. She Funny. she somehow has it a lot longer than the other ones that have the quote-unquote third sight. What I find fascinating about that is they use these girls for navigation, not so much like a navigation computer, nav computer. So Right, yeah. which is, the, that's the second sight, right? They use the right. second sight for their navigation, Sorry, which we saw... Uh, Darth Vader do in the right. second book, right. right? So we we proved that while we didn't prove its force sensitivity, we proved that force sensitivity can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We still don't know if it is the same thing, right? Um, What's fascinating then, about sorry, go, Brendan? No, no, I was just gonna say, and then third side is something is the is the ability to kind of mind read. But go ahead, William. Yeah, it's uh, I liked how he dove into you know second sight and and, and third sight more in this one, and how we actually got to learn a bit more about these these navigators and how the chiss for whatever reason uh they when they're young the, these navigators and there's not many of them but these these young navigators are able to help them pilot their ships through the unknown regions and that's how they're able to to you know to to navigate there um but that somehow yeah, the ability, lanes right. And, right, exactly, because it's not mapped, and somehow that ability fades over time, which um, is absolutely fascinating. And then, of course, to find out that that Eli Vanto, who who thought he was just kind of doing a random logistics analysis for Aralani, was actually uh, sifting through anonymized data about the navigators and their their abilities um, in order to potentially find out, you know, where navigators might arise. Or, or how their their abilities work was just really cool. Well, it kind of kind of makes me wonder now that you say that. I didn't think this at the time, but now that you say that, it makes me wonder if that's what Thrawn saw in him from the very beginning in the mm-hmm. first book, right? Because Thrawn repeatedly mentioned, uh, "Oh, you're so good with numbers and spreadsheets right. and 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 patterns." And then he sends Eli over there, and then at the towards the end of this book, we see it. Oh, this is why we had you working on it. And I just have to wonder, is that why Thrawn sent, did Thrawn know that this is a project that's being worked on? Interesting. I would, he seemed to, I I think so. I think you're right on that. I think he had that feeling that he, he saw, he saw something in Vanto that would help the chess. And that's what he did. What I also found fascinating is a parallel when it came to Vanto, he was automatically demoted, which would make sense going into probably a new, you know, military unit. But, 
it was the whole thing about he felt like he was always being passed up for a promotion, always this, always that, because he got the same feeling back in the first book with Thrawn. Thrawn was always getting promoted, and Vantal was always like mm-hmm. the, the guy next to him, the guy that was always getting passed over. But I, I liked at the end of the book, he finally got his due and did get the promotion. Yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. Yeah, and, and I have to wonder now that he knows what he's working on, how much more effective can he be if he's not just looking at anonymized data, but now looking at patterns around, I don't know, birth dates or locations or whatever other data they, they have. I mean, I think they said initially they tried to just pull out the numbers in a way mm-hmm. that he could analyze without knowing what he was analyzing. And he thought maybe it was like shipping logistics. But if he knows what he's analyzing, I, I wonder I how, think about how much more effective he can be now. I think that would drive him even more, and he could probably be more effective because right. now he knows what he's looking for. Well, and he, he developed this close friendship with uh, the navigators too. I mean, to the point where they they basically said, you know, hey, if, if the Grisks get to us, can you right. please kill us? Uh, you know, which is a the, you know a capital punishment. Quite the request. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you please kill yeah, us? Because um, we don't want to be captured by them. Well, and, you know, going back to the topic of the book Treason, or the title of the book Treason, you, do you, any of you guys feel like the reason they hadn't given Eli the details was because they didn't trust him yet? And maybe oh, they trust sure. him more now that he was back to the Empire and still came back to them? I think it's 100% it. I think it's 100% because if I, I'm trying to remember this, wasn't it the commander, the just commander, asked him to be honest when when Venya, William, you brought it up. When they went to him and said, "We don't want to be captured by the Chris, kill us," mm-hmm. he was actually honest with that commander and said, mm-hmm. "Yes." And I think she right. asked him, even though it was a. Go ahead, finish. Well, just even though it was a, it was a crime. It was correct. I, it's like their version of a felony. I forget what he called it. Yeah, I think it was. So I, I think it was. Thinking yeah. to himself. I think it was like right. capital punishment, right? If you right, yeah, and, right, yeah. And I I think she even asked him, "Would you have done it?" And he said yes. Yeah, but he said he said how he would do it also. In you oh, know, you're right. Yeah, he went into detail. In, oh, in, that's right. In like yeah. the yeah. most, about that. you know, obviously the the way that would allow them to survive the longest while also taking out uh, the grisks and a you know warrior's death uh, should it come to that. Mm-hmm. And Farah was impressed, and yeah. and I think that helped her realize. Sorry, Ar- Ar- Wait, was Arlani was Farah? impressed. Okay, Sorry. okay. Admiral Arlani, I misspoke, was impressed, and that I think that made her trust Eli even more. Yep, yep. So it was really, really cool. Um, and I don't, know, I like, I like Eli Vanto. I do a lot. Um, and so it's, I hope we get to see more of him. Sure. In whatever form, because right now, as as we don't know where this is going to go from this point. No, not in whatever form. In books, that's how we want to see him. <laughs> well, we that, need, that's we true. Need them okay. to hear us loud and clear. We want more books. Okay, that that's very true. But okay, then throw this out here to 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 the panel. Um, is he a strong enough character to have his own book series without Thrawn? Still within Ooh. the Chiss, uh, still within um, uh, Commander Alani under her command. Do you think? So would it be a book about him or him in the, the Chiss? Chiss? Probably him in the Chiss. Chiss. I would love to see that book. I am suspicious that it couldn't be made right now. Yeah. 
I agree because if you were to do that, you'd have to throw in Ronan as well. It would have to be, you know, based basically the adventures of Ronan and Eli in the chess. That's how. <laughs> that's, well, I, I, mean, I, I, I buy that book. If it's written as a comedy, I may do it, but <laughs> but it would it would have to be written that way because you because where would Thrawn fit into all this? That would be the thing. Yeah, yeah. and you run into the same problem with the current TV series where you just run up against too many barriers right. of what's already happening and what is currently happening um, to be able to, to I don't know. Not if you're, in the, if you're in the unknown regions. You can do something completely separate. You have no idea what's going on in the rest of the galaxy, and I think that's okay. Maybe. Yeah. But I think, I think we're more likely to get Thrawn in the unknown regions post-Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, so if that's the case, we get him post rebels. Will he have some of the Imperials with him, or would it just be a book with Thrawn and the Chiss with Eli and Ronan? How how would how would that end up working out? Would he have some of the first order with him? Would he be away from the first order? I wouldn't be surprised to see like Pharaoh come with him, but I think Ronan is eventually coming back to the to the to the Emperor. He's too yeah. he's too loyal to Krennic, not to. Yeah, no, that's true. Right. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's Krennic, my take Krennic's dead in like two weeks. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Krennic, Krennic got blown up. So. Uh, uh, touche. But but does he not come back and try to take Krennic's place? Like I don't know. I just I feel like I don't know. I, Maybe I'm I got wrong. it. He came back and he's the one that actually put together the second Death Star two. <laughs> there you go. We figured it out, guys. Yeah. There you go. That's why it was unfinished, and it was able for the uh, rebels to get in there and actually not go through an exhaust port, but actually go through the actual uh, Death Star. Well, Ronan did it in the unknown regions. He started getting the Chiss Ascendancy to put together the resources for the second Death Star. Oh, boy. uh, Which is why Uh, the the Empire was able to fund it. Uh, No. All right, we're done. Let's 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 move on to something else. Uh, uh, Let's see what else. There was the the conjoined ships. That whole scene was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and the way that, you know, they, they thought the, the conjoined ships actually, uh, housed this, tr- these triad poles for long range communication while being cloaked, uh, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Again, a lot of just really cool physics based, yeah. uh, strategy here. Yeah. Well, like they were Which, talking about how, you know, oh yeah, because of the, because the two ships are, are rotating, the, the, the triad poles are as far away as possible, right? Cause the. Uh, because yep. of the forces and yeah, really, just really well done in every. Well, and all the time way. they spent looking for the triad poles on a fixed point before they realized the ships are spinning. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and then they re- and then I don't remember, but there was something technical how they found the spinning ships or found that the ships were spinning, and, and then they got into all the physics of it and the dragging and all uh, that was. And the fact all that, that Theron was, was able to pinpoint, he's like, "Oh, they're spinning," which means therefore they must be. Like pulling something, which means oh, they're using this this you know triad poles like they we saw earlier, which means that the ship has to be you know based on this. They can only be either above or below and approximately the same distance. So scan here or there on um, you know above and below and you know well, you fire go. Like nerd, I just I just think you should know that. <laughs> okay, so we're on. A, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair, well, fair, Tom. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, it kind of, kind of creepy on the inside of the ship too, but, uh, a little bit. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoyed the whole thing. I, I, I was surprised many times, which, you know, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at predicting what's going to happen. And I, I was surprised on multiple occasions with, uh, especially with Sabbath. Um, yep. And it was just really well written, really well done. Ooh, can, I, can I say one thing? Yeah. Go ahead. More Death Troopers. Yes. We oh. need death more Death out Troopers. Of armor? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, out of armor. We need yes. more Death Troopers out of armor. That was spectacular. Yep. That was oh, yeah. totally agree. weird. And, and even Pick and up waffle. to the end, the, even at the end in the Battle of Savage, like you said, you left them back on the, uh, whatever his flagship's name is. Uh, the, st- the, um, the Chimera? The, the, yeah, thank you, the Chimera. You, you said you left them back there. Well, I, I said I left them. I, I didn't <laughs> say they were there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, actually took fun. over the entire uh, hangar. Yeah. 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 Two, what was two it? Was like five of them, right? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. yeah. Five, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So good. I loved it. I loved it. Pick, a, pick and Waffle, the, the two Death Troopers with definitely not their yeah. real names. What, what a name with Waffle from a Death Trooper. <laughs> right? I want to know the backstory on that one. Yeah, I'd love to. How he picked waffle for this his code name on this yeah. well maybe maybe that maybe we're going into deep disney here you know entangled where they use the the frying pans maybe he uses a waffle iron in his early days as a as a weapon ah oh, funny picked up you know on the streets of some uh picked small... up his his his, his buddy <laughs> pick and waffle. there you go see it's, it's how it happened there we go wow Oh boy! Oh boy! I almost want to do my usual. Uh, and on that note, yeah. Uh, no, one other thing I like though. Again, just to show, uh, you know, Thrawn's brilliance. I think the the big problem and the reason why a lot of people didn't think Thrawn could get Savage was because he didn't have any art, and the Grisks that, didn't have much art too. Yeah. And it was oh, that revealed was that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Savage he didn't have art, but he enjoyed music. And not only that, he wrote, conducted, and played music which meant that Thrawn could study that throughout his whole career and, uh, and and use it to help predict. And actually the way that it wasn't just, you know, hey, you like music. I studied your music and figured it out. No, he actually, Zahn went into detail around how, you know, the symphony plays and how that translates into a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I. So I'll say this is this was also one of my favorite parts because you know the especially in earlier Thrawn like Zon novels with Thrawn like the art stuff is a little uh, it's kind of like the Force and that like okay this <laughs> yeah. isn't really believable but you know I can <laughs> I will accept it because it's cool right mm. I really appreciate that like you can see how uh, like he talked about like he's probably going to start with the left Star Destroyer because when he conducts he like he starts on the left every time. Like those are like mental patterns yeah. that kind of are being exposed. That I thought were it was just a really neat way to do it. Right. And he tries like one one instrument and then follows up with another one and then you know a couple at once. Right. And his yeah. his, mm-hmm. his his patterns and it was just you could you could totally picture that as a as a space battle. Uh, yeah. Well, what what caught me was it uh, Commander Pharaoh or somebody was noticing that and this was in the book he was watching the hand. And he was actually, as the battle was going on, he was conducting. His hand was moving oh, yeah. with, with the flow of the battle. Yeah. I thought that was the most beautiful touch in this book. It was outstanding yeah. to read that. 
Yeah, it just shows very how much that, agree. How that well, I don't know about you guys, but I read from that moment on, like when when he explained that, I read like the rest of the battle with like a symphony playing in the background. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. That would be that would be fascinating. It was it, well, no, I just mean in my head. Right. Like, well, I'm yeah. not talking about for reals. I'm just talking in my head. Like there was from that moment on, every movement had like a clash of a symbol or or something to w- to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, I did it as well. Just not a, not a ton, but just enough. Right. Oh, it's so great. I love it. You know, the other thing, William, you, you touched on briefly, uh, Thrawn um, and his ability to read the, uh, the the Grisk on account of they don't have any art. And, and Thrawn mentions they don't have any art, but there's art about them. Right. Right. There's art from their conquered peoples. And, and I, I just wonder what you guys think about, like, are Thrawn's abilities, like, has he always had this ability or is it, like, increasing? Because you, you look at, like, the original, the, the first Thrawn book where he's asking Eli about the chist to kind of form an idea. And he's like, oh, you can learn about a lot about a people based on um, what other people say about them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he proves, again, his his uh, his ability to find information and, and, and uh, et cetera by um, at the very end when he's talking to the emperor he uh he just decides to kind of mess with the emperor a little bit by using the real name for stardust the death star just casually mm-hmm. dropping in conversation oh, yeah, yeah your yeah. little death star yeah. project and the emperor's like what the heck i've scrubbed every reference of that we only could refer to it as stardust <laughs> so good great way to end the book yeah very much so yeah but um no it was really so- good uh, I think like if, if I had probably my only real critique is that uh, two minor, minor things. One, that the the week deadline, I feel like we got a lot of it at the beginning and it kind of just didn't really become much of an issue as the book went on, which is fine. I think it's not really an issue. It's it, just... It felt like it, it existed solely to kind of explain how they could do the book. Yeah, exactly. And, like... Yeah, and it, to kind of start, you know, thrown off as like, oh, this is urgent. You got to figure this out now. You only have a week. After that, it's like, oh, whatever. The Grisks are more important, and they're invading the galaxy, and you know. But was- but I think I think the way the book was written, and I think I mentioned it at the top of the podcast, it worked though because it didn't it did. feel like it was a story that was dragged out over time. They set up a time frame, and you knew it was clicking in your head, and it worked within it. Like yeah. it, they never went back to say. Well, a couple months have passed, or this happened here, and this has been later. It's like they set it up and they told it. Yes, they didn't circle back and say, you know, Thrawn, you've got you know one day left, and you've got the whole thing solved. Right, right. But it still worked. It did. It did. And I I like that. And then the the other thing uh, I noticed again, not a it's just interesting to call out. That's all. Uh, and that's that. Um, the Emperor is featured prominently on the cover, but aside from the beginning and the end, he wasn't really in the book all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's supposed to be the looming specter of the Emperor over everything. Oh, but he was in the book more than in the in the other two books. Uh, that is very true. He was, he was in a lot more in the other books. Uh, it's yeah. not saying a lot, but yes. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like saying he was in the book a lot more than Luke, you know? <laughs> okay. Oh... I mean, also correct. (laughs) 
Uh, anyway. So well, are, are should... we good for our reviews? I think I so. I think so. Okay. Brendan, why don't you go first? We'll let the guest go first tonight. Sorry, guys. I got a noise. Oh, <laughs> no problem. Um, we, we one of us can can start while you deal with that. Um, I, I guess I'll go. You know, I thought Thrawn yeah, season was a really well done book. Um, Thrawn is great as always. I feel like this may be one of my favorite. I, the first one was really good. Um, Thrawn, um, you know, the 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 last Thrawn I enjoyed, but I think this one was significantly better. Um, so, yeah, Treason was really well done. Uh, I don't have many complaints. It was everything I like in a Thrawn book. And I think this one, again, as I said earlier, had the best, some of the best, it was surprising, uh, some interesting twists I didn't expect, and uh, probably one of the best, uh, one of the best examples of space battles in the new canon. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah I'm going to give... I will give this uh, an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope we get more of Thrawn in the. Um, uh, I hope we get more of Thrawn in the future, either both in b- book form and in uh, the upcoming show. Stephen, uh, so I I'm gonna have to give it. Uh, did you say what you're doing with your womp rats? Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, we, please, we've been please, out of. Uh, we've been out of practice for so long at this point. Um, so my, I can't believe I almost forgot my eight and a half Womprats. They are, um, what am I going to do with my Womprats? You know, I, I think I'm actually going to <laughs> the, the secret weapon that, 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 that Thrawn didn't tell Faro about. Um, but Faro decided to come up with the last minute uh it was unfortunately cut from the book but um the, the faro slingshotted the eight and a half womp rats oh jeez. Um, yeah using them to like target the uh, the fire drake and the the womp rats are small enough they they completely evade the the sensors unless you're looking really closely for them so you know they just flung those eight and a half womp rats at the fire drake and she did that early enough faro did that they were actually really what turned the tide in capturing those um, those uh, shuttle bays and help really help the death troopers take over um, the the launch the landing pad launch bay there you go much better okay that works thank you <laughs> okay. uh, so now I can give my review great um, so yeah kind of as I said at the very beginning this has been my favorite Star Wars book of the new Canon like and it's I'm not even sure it's close like Zahn is one of my favorite authors. Thrawn is one of my favorite characters. Space battles is like one of the reasons I read science fiction. And this book had all of those things in spades. Um, and it actually, one of the other things we didn't really talk about it as much. I liked the kind of older style of like star Wars with politics that we used to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I liked that kind of return to form here of the kind of politicking between Krennic and Tarkin and how they're, all trying to get what they want and they're all kind of failing at it at the same time. I love that uh, dynamic. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't as big a fan of him in the movie, but I really liked him here. Um, but in any case, like, so those are all things that I think also just made me enjoy this book even more. Um, so like I said, nine and a half 
uh, out of 10 Womp Rats. And, uh, you know, we... The Grisk are a very... They're, they're a real threat to the galaxy. Uh, what no one realized until now, the Grisks have convinced the Womp Rats to work against... to work, Well, work for them. Uh, in fact, they're one of the more devious species that the Grisks have uh, co-opted. Don't ask how. It's not important. But it's no, anytime you see a Womp Rat, it's probably a Grisk spy. The Womp Rat Uprising. Wow. It's... Tremendous, really. Terrifying. Fascinating. That's deep. Okay. Uh, Brendan, what what would you give this episode? Oh man, this 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 is a hard one. Uh, this episode, this this book. Yeah, this book. Yeah. It's 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 effectively uh, like a you know. Because like episode. I want to give it like seven point five Womp Rats, just because I was a little bit dis- disappointed at the lack of a conclusion. But I understand that that's a necessity, and in terms of the quality of the book, I'd have to say probably nine. So I'm going to go. I'm going with eight point five Womp Rats. Um, it was it was an extremely well done book. I loved all of it. Uh, really, no true critiques of the book on my side. A couple of things that you know were a bit different or I wasn't expecting, but uh, really no critiques. Um, and 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 my Womp Rats, uh, what Eli Vanto is about to realize in his studies is that every uh, Chiss with third sight had Womp Rats as a pet oh. growing up. And oh, so the man. third sight actually comes somehow, we don't know how yet, but actually comes from the Womp Rats, which were also, of course, prevalent on Tatooine, uh, where you know Luke and Anakin grew Whoa. and so connections it all makes sense now mind you, blown you, you you partially took my my idea with my lap rats <laughs> i mean just partial not all of it but partial <laughs> i apologize that's okay uh well then tom what would you do i i you know what i absolutely love this book i think right now when it comes to um this book this is up there with one of my favorites within the new canon there's another book coming up that is also a favorite of mine. Uh, not not as high as this one, but I love this book. I love Thrawn as a character. I can't say any more than what's already been said. So I'm going to take my nine Womp Rats. And, okay, I'm still going to do it this way with my Womp Rats. My Womp Rats are actually the pets for uh, Venya, which is the Chiss girl that has the uh, third sight. And they also keep the other young ladies, the other that are running around with the abilities company. So they're, their pets. They have nothing to do with the force. They have nothing to do with helping them out with Luke Skywalker or Tatooine. They're just running around as pets. Sorry, mine sink alike. What can I say? Yeah. I mean, it, you took it the best way by giving them the force ability and, and making that connection. I was just going to have them be pets. I mean, we've tortured them for so many years. Might as well let them have like some kind of happy life. Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Until they're on a spaceship and it gets blown up, then you got issues. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's that as well. Minor details. Yeah. Yes. Well, awesome. Very good. Um, I uh, this was a fun book to review, guys. Thanks for joining. This is great. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. Oh yeah. yeah thanks for coming on, Brendan. Always good having you on the podcast, and especially review with such a such a fantastic, fantastic book. 
Um, so uh, coming up on the on the podcast, we have a crash podcast. 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 Uh, yeah. Where are you from? Uh, podcast. As I yeah, try to yoga? type, I don't even know you anymore. I was wow. sorry. We're just gonna keep mocking you until. Uh... <laughs> it's what happens when I try to type in the show notes and talk at the same time. I okay. Sound like fair a, enough. One thing at a time. From, Get us uh, out of this. From Boston, maybe, or something. But uh, develop an accent. Um, but we're going to be reviewing A Crash of Fate by Zoreta Cordova, uh, set on Batu. It's a kind of a spiritual successor to Lost Stars in some ways. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we will be reviewing that very soon. And when I say soon, I, I don't mean like a month and a half. No, we're, we're talking like, you know, a week or two. So... Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Zareta Cordova's Crash of Fate is on sale uh, soon. So uh, stay tuned. We're, we're excited to review that. And of course, uh, Star Wars Black Spire as well. Uh, that's a, uh, sorry, uh, Crash of Fate's already out. Uh, but, but Black Spire um, is coming out at the end of the month. And uh, we'll be reviewing that too. So stay tuned. And of course, we got lots coming up for you this 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 fall take a little break because we're gonna be pretty busy we've got yeah the mandalorian season two the final season of star wars resistance we've got um a you know jedi uh fallen order the new the new game a bunch of books and of course the the end of the skywalker saga the rise of skywalker so stay tuned we've got a lot of really great stuff coming for you Brendan, thank you again so much for joining us. This was a lot of thank fun. Thank you very much. Indeed. Thank you guys so much. Do you want to uh, say where people can uh, find you? They want to hear more right, of your you thoughts? Can, yeah, you can find me on social media anywhere. At uh, Hugo Gets Healthy. Um, uh, I do lots of traveling and a and, uh, fair amount of geek stuff. And if you like computers and mountains, that's <laughs> me. So Awesome. Well, we always love having you on the show. And... Uh, Appreciate you joining, and we'll be back in uh, just a week or two with our review of A Crash of Fate. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.